Luke chapter 2 is where we'll be this morning. Talk about Simeon. Why was it so important what Simeon saw? What did he see? What are you looking for today in your own life? What will you see? This is a very dark time in Israel's history. In fact, the end of Malachi to the first book of Matthew is just one page in your Bible. It's really 400 years. Many believe it was really silent years because we don't know much about it as far as Scripture goes. But we do know our historical accounts. It's a very dark time for the children of Israel, which Simeon was a remnant of. They had left the Persian period, of course, through Nehemiah. We learned that and, and Ezra and Nehemiah. They go and rebuild the temple soon after the Persians were defeated by Alexander the Greek, the Great, and his Greek empire took over, became a world power. Soon Antiochus came and forced the Jews uh, into just an awful time. They, they caused them to cancel the circumcision, ceremonies, ceremonies of the feast, even the Sabbath. They forced the Jews to eat pork. One of the elderly priests was so irate over this, he fled and caused a revolt. And through his son's help, the Maccabees came and destroyed and conquered. And once again, they thought Israelites would have their freedom. Unfortunately, though, the Sadducees and the Pharisees, which were very powerful people, could not get along. And through the disunity, ended up being attacked by the Romans. And we see Herod the Great becoming the king during this time. Simeon of course, has seen some of this, has yet to see true peace, true unity. There's political unrest, there's frustrations, there's discouragements. Uh, and someone like Simeon, who has lived his life for the Lord, as we learned, and as someone like Simeon, who, who was just waiting to be able to see the Messiah, someone in the Savior to be a king, not just the king of kings, Lord of lords, as we know, but a king that would save them from their bondage. But Simeon knew that this was the awaited Messiah. He was told that he would live until he got to see the Messiah. Many can relate to Simeon today. Many maybe like you, like Simeon, you too live in darkness, if you will, not physical darkness, but maybe there's some discouragement in your life or depression or maybe there's some frustration. Maybe, maybe you get, feel the political unrest or maybe you feel the, uh, the, the financial strain on your life. And maybe you don't even know what it is to follow Jesus. You don't know what a victorious Christian life is. And perhaps you just think the oppression, the frustration, the, the what's going on in the world is just one day is going to end and we will go somewhere. We don't know where. But to the Christian, it's so much more than that. It's, it's exciting. It's anticipating because we get to see Jesus one day. But maybe you're here today and you're in darkness and you would love to see light. And maybe you are a child of God, but you feel like God is silent in your life right now. And you may be asking, what is God doing to me? What is God doing to my family? What is God doing to our country? What is God doing right now? But what did Simeon see? When he looked into the face of the Messiah, that really got him so much excitement. And got him to the point where he said, okay, it's okay now. I'm ready to go home to be with my Heavenly Father. And how can we see this? And how can we have Simeon's eyesight? Well, to have 
Simeon's eyesight this morning, you really need to know three things. And first of all, this morning, we see Simeon was able to see the Messiah because of the prize of a godly life. The prize of a godly life. And his meeting of the Christ child was simply a summit. It was the zenith, if you will, of his life that he had lived for the Lord. It was a lifelong experience. The Bible says in verse number 25 of chapter 2, And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. He had lived in Jerusalem. He appears to be a normal Jewish man. But what distinguishes Simeon from the other Jewish men is not so much his position, but it is godly lifestyle. There's four characteristics given of Simeon, and I think if these were given about you and me today, we'd be, we'd be excited about this if people looked at us this way. But we see, first of all, Simeon was a just man. We see he was proper. He was a proper man. He was a just man. This means he was considered a man full of God-honoring actions. He had a conduct about him that was godly. And people knew there was something different about Simeon. And every day he would get up and he would go to the tabernacle and he'd worship God, but he'd also be there to help assist with the temple duties, and he was trying to lead his country and do his part to make a difference in his area. But we see he was a just man, he was a proper man, but he was also a pious man. The Bible says he was devout, his faithful holiness with God. In other words, he regularly met with God. I I can see Simeon spending time with God on a daily basis. And may I say one of the most amazing things to the Christian life is being able to spend time with Jesus Christ on a daily basis. I'm thankful for his word. I'm thankful for the time of prayer we can have. I'm thankful for his Holy Spirit leading. I'm thankful for that he's a great comforter. I'm thankful for the time I get to spend with my Lord and Savior. In fact, the word pious is is really a faithful holiness with God and it's shown in Leviticus 20 verse 7. The Bible says, Sanctify yourselves therefore and be holy for I am holy. For I am the Lord your God. First John 3, 3. And every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself as he is pure. And there was something about Simeon. Not only was he a just man, not only was he a devout man, but he also wanted, he wanted to not just give the appearance of being a good, the good Joe, if you will. He wanted truly for his life to show Jesus Christ and show God and his love for the Lord. Not only was he a pious man, but he was a patient man. The Bible says he was waiting for the consolation of Israel. The word waiting there shows us he was expectant of the fulfillment of a promise that the Messiah, that God had given him, that he would not die until he saw the Messiah. So he knew the time was coming close. He was a hearkening man. He was waiting to hear from God that the Messiah had come. We said not only was he a proper man, he was a, a, a pious man, he was a patient man, but he was also a potent man. What do you mean, Pastor Justin? The Bible says there the Holy Ghost was upon him. And I see this morning that he was inspired, he was filled, he was led with the Holy Ghost. We see, first of all, the Bible says in verse 25, the Holy Ghost was upon him. The very presence of God was on his life. The Bible says in Ephesians 5.18, but be filled with the Spirit. Simeon was filled with the Holy Spirit and he guided him in his life. I remember as a 15-year-old young man, I had finally, or I'm sorry, 16-year-old, I finally got my permit. I passed the test. And my dad got in the car beside me and says, all right, son, you're driving now. 
he submitted his will to mine. And he says, now be careful. I don't think he was ready to go to heaven quite yet. Okay. Remember getting behind that steering wheel and thinking, wow, I'm, a, I'm somebody now. I put that gear in drive and push that accelerator and realize, wow, this thing has power. I remember driving down that road. I was as scared as could be. You know, it was straight as an arrow. Every car I passed, I thought they're going to hit me, you know. And my dad calmly walked me through it. He had submitted himself. In other words, we should allow God to have the steering wheel and the gas pedal of our life, if you will. And submit to his prompting, submit to his leadership. And when we do that, I promise you, you'll be a much better father, a much better husband. You'll be a much better son or daughter. You'll be a much better co-worker when you submit yourself to God. But we see he was, the Holy Ghost was upon him, but it was also, the Bible says in verse 26, it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost. So not only did the Holy Spirit lead and guide him, but he, he listened to the promptings of the Spirit. The Bible says there he would not die until he saw for himself the coming Messiah. May I say today we too can be listening to the promptings of the Spirit. In John 16, 13, Howbeit when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. I'm thankful today for the Holy Spirit that not only wants to indwell us and comfort us, but he wants to guide us to make the right decisions in life. Oftentimes we're faced with things on a daily basis, and we wonder, what would be the right decision? What should we do? I'm thankful the Holy Spirit's there to help us guide us. We see he came by the Spirit, the Bible says, was moved into the temple. The Holy Spirit says, hey, now it's time. It's time to be able to see the Messiah. Go and do what you're supposed to do. He, because he listened to the Holy Spirit's prompting, he was in the right place at the right time to finally see the Messiah. We too can see this morning that when we follow the promptings of the Spirit with a powerful mingling of righteousness, with spirit empowerment and faith, we too can have the treasure of a godly life. The Bible says in Galatians 5, 16, This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth after the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to another, so that you cannot do the things you would. Even at your best, you can't do right all the time. But the Holy Spirit's there to help you get victory over wrong. Oh, to have the world know, as Simeon did, that he was a follower of Christ. Oh, to have the people know that there is something different. Why? Because Simeon was satisfied with Christ in his life. Jesus, God was enough for him. Being able to see the Messiah was enough for him. Oftentimes, there can be a lot of things in life, and I've been prone to it, and, 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 and follow after wealth, if you will, follow after influence, follow after uh, uh, power, if you will. But at the end of the day, the thing that's most important, the thing that can be the most satisfying is Jesus Christ and him alone in our life. And may we, like Simeon, realize I can be totally satisfied. I can be totally content with Jesus. We see the prize, if we will, of the godly life. But I want us to see, second of all, the propriety of the gospel. The propriety of the gospel. The Bible says in verses 29 through 32, a little bit more about Simeon telling the people, telling Mary and Joseph, if you will, about 
uh, Jesus. So if you can imagine here, Simeon, as we saw a little bit ago, here he was. He was a just man. He was a devout man. He was a patient man. He was moved by the Holy Spirit. And Mary and Joseph come, and now Simeon takes the time to share with them what is so amazing about Jesus Christ and what he's going to do to impact the world. And so this morning we see that Mary and Joseph bring Jesus into the temple to dedicate him 40 days after his birth. You see, there were three different things that Jewish families did when their child was born. First of all, especially a young man, was a circumcision. Look at verse number 21. The Bible says there, And when eight days were accomplished for the circumcising of the child, his name was called Jesus. So they would take him for the circumcision, and this was simply there to symbolize the Jews' separation from the Gentiles. In other words, it was supposed to show everyone that there was a unique relationship with God. Now this child had no idea, he didn't understand, but the parents were basically showing everyone that, hey, there is something different about this child. He has a unique relationship with God, and we as parents want to show Show the world that we want to lead our child to have a unique relationship with God. There's going to be something different about this child. We see in verse number 24, the second thing they would do was the redemption of the firstborn. The Bible says there, and to offer a sacrifice according to that which is the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. So what they would do is the parents would come and they would offer a sacrifice to God. And this was really a sacrifice of redemption, if you will. They were showing that the child belongs to God. He, if you will, is, is given to us to raise, but he actually is God's. And we want to show and, ple- and raise him in the way that would be glorifying uh, to God. And so they would bring a, ni- a, a, a great lamb, but if that was too expensive and, and they didn't have it, they could bring turtle doves and pigeons. And that's what Mary and Joseph did. They didn't have a lot. But the one thing they did have is they had the ability to give their child back to God and say, God, here he is. He's for you to do what you want to in. And so we see a special ceremony happening. And so Mary and Joseph are bringing a man. And then the third thing was a purification of the mother, the purification of the mother. And verse number 22, the Bible says, And when the days of her purification according to the law of Moses were accomplished, they brought him to Jerusalem. So in those days, the mother was unclean and could not go into the temple until 40 days after uh, 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 the baby was born. So for whatever reason, that's what it was. And on that particular day, as soon as she could, Mary and Joseph brought the baby into the temple. Could you imagine being Simeon and standing there just maybe another day for him? But he got excited when he saw parents coming in and bringing their child These children were bringing back to be dedicated back to God and show that, hey, we will raise them up. We will train them up in the ways of the Lord. We will put them in the church house. We will give them that, that, that Bible foundation. We will give them that doctrine foundation. And we want them to know how to please God with their life. And so we see this morning something that came. And that's the reason why Mary and Joseph came that day. But there was a bigger reason. And Simeon tells us about it. We see, first of all, the Bible says there in verse 28, then he took him in his arms and blessed God and said, Simeon offers a beautiful prayer of thanksgiving, but in this prayer of thanksgiving, he gives us some wonderful doctrine. First of all, the gospel brings hope. Simeon says, Lord, now let us thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. Simeon is now ready to die. He is at peace. Why? Why is he ready to die? Because as an old man, he lived his life well for the Lord. But the most exciting thing to him 
was he saw the future hope of Israel in the world. He had that hope, that expectancy that God is going to take me to heaven now. I've seen Jesus and I've reached the zenith, if you will. I've got everything I need. I have Jesus Christ and I'm ready to go to heaven. I just say this morning that if you are a child of God, you too can rest in the same hope that Simeon did. You see, the Bible says in Romans 15, verse 13, that hope comes from God. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace and believing that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. True hope comes not by the things of this world, but by trusting in God. And when we trust in God, it produces obedience. It produces hope, which the results are joy and peace. You truly want to have joy and peace during this season? You really want, truly want to have joy and peace in your life? May I encourage you to trust in the God of hope. Trusting God as your Lord and Savior. And when you do it, it will cause you to want to obey Him. Therefore, it will bring out a, a life that's worth pleasing to the Lord. And it also gives you a confidence and a peace that passes all understanding. And so we see hope is also a gift in Romans 5, 5. And hope maketh not ashamed because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. This hope of eternal life is given to us by Jesus Christ. And it is an enduring hope in Proverbs twenty three eighteen. For surely there is an end and thine expectation shall not be cut off. So we see this morning the gospel is, is, brings us hope. It brought Simeon hope. It brings you and me hope. Why? Well, because the gospel is rooted in God's faithfulness. Simeon goes on to say, and this wonderful prayer of thanksgiving, where Mary and Joseph are hearing this. Of course, he's given it to God, but he continues on in this prayer. He says in verse 29, According to thy word, for mine eyes have seen thy salvation. And he has peace because of the assurance that God keeps his word. Titus chapter 1 verse 2 says, In hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie promised before the world began. I'm thankful this morning that we have a hope of eternal life because Jesus Christ said it would happen. If you've given your life to Christ this morning, you can know for sure that one day you will see Jesus Christ face to face. And so we see the gospel is rooted in God's faithfulness. But what's interesting to me is you have this man giving this prayer of thanksgiving. He's a devout man. He's a just man. He's a patient man. He's a, filled with the Holy Spirit of God. And he, he, he's doing what he's supposed to be doing. He's serving the Lord. And, and, he, and these ceremonies are going on. And, and of course, now he gives this prayer of thanksgiving. And Mary and Joseph are looking up to him and wondering, what is he going to say? And he says, hey, the gospel gives us hope. The gospel is rooted in God's faithfulness. But what he says next is the most amazing thing in all the world. The gospel is global. The Bible says in verse number 31, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people. What's interesting to me is Simeon says this morning, this experience is not limited to a just, a devout, a faithful, a man full of the Holy Spirit. It's not for just a person who seems to have it all together and seems to be that great Christian, that grandmother, if you will, or that grandpa of yours who's that bedrock, that pillar of the Christian community. It's not just for them. It's not just for Simeon. No, 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 no. It's for all the people. Isn't it amazing today that Simeon has given this prayer of thanksgiving to say, hey, this is more than just me. I'm an off to please the Lord. 
I sought to do right. I've sought to be a good example. But that, that's not what this is for. This is for you and me, for the sinner, and for who some think are the saint. The gospel is for everyone. The Bible says in Luke chapter 19, verse 10, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Simeon realized that God is not just being gracious to Israel, but that God's grace is going to overflow the borders of this small nation and it is going to go to every continent. It's going to go to Australia. It's going to go to Africa. It's going to go to Europe. It's going to go to America. It's going to go, it's going to go to Canada. It's going to go all over the place. And every single person, whether they're white or they're brown or they're black or they're yellow or they're any other color, different ethnic group, it's for every single person today. Isn't it interesting while Simeon's there? Can you imagine? He's given thanks to God for this baby. And Mary and Joseph are standing there. And they're holding their baby. And they hear, your child is the savior of the whole world. Not just the Jewish people, but every single person. I'm thankful this morning when Paul is giving a response to Peter. Of course, they had a little squabble over who was able to receive the gospel into their life. Was it the Jews or was it the Gentiles or the Greeks? The Romans, they too can get saved. Who can? And Paul, who was one of the chief sinners, gives gives an inclusive response to Peter's exclusive report. He says in Galatians 2.20, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Do you realize this morning what Paul was saying? He was saying, Peter, I was the chief of sinners. I persecuted Christians. But one day on the road to Damascus, I met Jesus Christ and I gave my life to him. And this morning, you're not looking at me as a Jew or as someone who's got it all together. You're looking at a man who is who I am today because I was crucified with Christ. My sin was nailed to the cross of Calvary. The Bible says there is none righteous, no, not one. The Bible says for all have sinned. The Bible says we were born into sin. And because of that, we've been separated from Jesus Christ. Our sins, what's keeping us from heaven, it's keeping us from Jesus Christ. But Jesus Christ was willing, the Bible says, but the gift of God, he was willing to come to earth and be born in the manger and be taken to the temple as we see today. He was willing to come to earth and go through all the Jewish traditions. He was willing to learn a carpenter's trade. He was willing to take a group of men, the disciples, and lovingly get them to where they needed to be to change the whole world upside down. He was willing to heal people. He was willing to help people. He was willing to be reviled against. He was willing to be mocked. He was willing to go to a garden in agony and struggle with going to the cross. He was willing to be whipped. He was willing to be beaten. He was willing to have a crown of thorns shoved upon his head. He was willing to be nailed to a cross and have that cross be thrown into the ground. He was willing to agonize and pain for hours and try to get a breath. He was mocked. He was given some vinegar. He was laughed at. But he did it all. So he would be crucified for you and me. Therefore, our sin is nailed to the cross because Jesus Christ was willing to do it for you and me. Do you realize this morning, do you believe this morning that Jesus did it for you and did it for me? You say, well, that was 2,000 years ago. Oh, but Jesus was willing to do it for all the sins past, 
all the sins present and all the sinners in the future. He was willing to do it for you and me because we had no hope without him. The Bible says for the wages of sin is death in hell. Your sin debt, your penalty is death in hell. But Jesus Christ was willing to be nailed to a cross. He was willing to be born in a manger. He was willing to grow up and die so that you could be crucified in him. Do you realize this morning the gospel is global? It's for you. It's for you. It's for you. It's for all the children. It's for all the nursery workers. It's for all the teenagers upstairs. It's for every single person in the Portland metro area. It's for every single person in our country. It's for every single person in our world. Jesus died for you because the gospel is global. Isn't it amazing today? Could you imagine to hear that Jesus Christ, that baby, was coming to make it possible that every single person could have a home in heaven when they die. That leads us to the gospel as glorious news. Simeon goes on to say and says, God's target is not just for Israel, but for all people. The Bible says in verse 32, a light to lighten the Gentiles. Those are everyone non-Jewish. And the glory of thy people Israel. Do you realize this morning that the small child Simeon was holding was going to be a light to the Gentiles, that's you and me. He was willing to bring the revelation to non-Jewish people in order to bring Jews and Gentiles to God. He was willing to live a sinless life, declare the words of life, and absorb the very wrath of God on Calvary. He was willing to create the means by which people who were separated by their sins could come back to God and be redeemed. You see, we were sold on this slave block, if you will, of sin. Our sin was keeping us from Jesus. Jesus loved us. He created us. He created a perfect world, but us and our sin, we turned our back on God and we were sold under slavery to Satan. But Jesus Christ says, hey, I'll, I'll buy them back. Satan said, how do you have the money to do that? Jesus says, I don't need no money. I have the precious blood. My blood paid for their sin. And I'm thankful today, as I know you are, and I hope you can be, that Jesus Christ wanted to be your victor. He wants to be your Savior. He wants to be your Lord. And he purchased your penalty on Calvary so that you could go to heaven one day. Will you receive Jesus? Will you receive this glorious news? Paul writes these words in Ephesians 2, verse 11. Wherefore, remember that ye being in time past Gentiles in the flesh who are called the uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands, that at that time ye were without Christ, being aliens, that was you and me, from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise. You were in a direct seed of Abraham. And without God in the world, having no hope. But now, in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were afar off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. For he is our peace, who hath made both one and hath broken down the middle wall, partition between us. In verse 19, now therefore ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints of the household of God. You realize this morning you do not have to be a Simeon to be a child of God. You don't have to be a great man of God. 
Now, I believe that's a direct result of salvation and you'll become closer to God as you grow and you love for him. But that is not what you've got to be to go to heaven. You simply have to be a child of God. And that happens when you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. When you repent of your way of thinking and invite Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior. My question tonight, is, this morning, is simply this. Do you believe Jesus would do that for you? Do you believe that it's so simple that all you have to do is ask and receive? Say, how can it be so simple? Oh, it wasn't simple for Jesus Christ. He had to go to the cross for you and me. But he bore all the sin of mankind. He cried out, it is finished! Father, forgive them! For they know not what they do. He was willing to die for the righteous and the unrighteous. He died so that you one day could be crucified in him and you also could become a child of God. So we see the gospel is glorious. The gospel is global. We see this morning, can you imagine being Mary and Joseph and sitting here with your child there and hearing Simeon say all these things and say, wow, this is incredible, this is awesome. Our son. But I see last of all the price The price of following Christ. This is when Simeon kind of goes a little deeper. And I can imagine the weight kind of came down a little bit on Mary and Joseph as they heard this. Wondered what it all meant. Now we know what it means today, but they had to hear this and process this. And I want to see last of all the price of following Christ. We see godly people are supremely satisfied with a costly gospel. But so much was trying to comprehend this, that Mary and Joseph actually said this in verse 33, and Joseph and his mother marveled at those sayings which were spoken of him. And then Simeon says something stunning to Mary and Joseph. and We see that the price of following Christ will be, first of all, through his foundation. The Bible says, Behold, this child is set. Simeon knew, and Mary and Joseph were only beginning to fully understand that this little baby was a part of the massive plan that God had put together for eternity because of his love for you and me. Do you realize this morning that God created a perfect earth, perfect people, but we sinned. And because of that, the Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. God created this master plan and Jesus was coming to earth, was part of it. The Bible says in Ephesians 3, verse 11, according to the eternal purpose which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Jesus Christ was came to earth for a greater purpose than just to heal people, just to be a, a good prophet, if you will, just to do good things. No, Jesus came for such a greater purpose, and that purpose was, as we just talked about, was to take away the penalty of sin for mankind. He was willing to, to, to pay the price. We see not only was he the foundation, but he also, this little baby, this beautiful baby created division. The Bible says, for the fall and rising again of many in Israel, Jesus would be the cause of much division among men. You say, how could a little baby be so much division? Well, Luke 12 verse 51 says, suppose ye that I am come to give peace on the earth. I tell you nay, but rather division. There will be times when being loyal to Jesus causes there to be division in our relationships. Why? Because some will believe on him and some will reject him. It's interesting. uh, You want a hot topic conversation, just talk about Jesus. And you're going to get some tense. Why? 
Because Jesus Christ, many do not like that they have to go through him to go to heaven. They think they can be good enough. They think they can create their own way. But Jesus Christ says, no, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes from the Father but by me. It creates division. This little child would also be rejected. The Bible says, and for a sign which shall be spoken against. He will be rejected even in his hometown of Nazareth in Matthew 13, verse 57. And they were offended in him. But Jesus said unto him, a prophet is not without honor, save in his own country and in his own house. Isaiah 53, verse 3 says the ultimate rejection. He is despised, the Bible says, and rejected of men. When did that happen? You realize he was nailed to a cross. He was mocked and spat upon. He was willing to do all that, to pay for your sin and mine. But yet, at the time, very few people actually recognized it or appreciated it. Even today, people won't recognize it or won't appreciate it. But do you realize Jesus went to the cross whether you were going to appreciate it or not? He went to the cross for you whether you would accept it or not. But it's your choice to accept Jesus Christ for you. You don't have to. You can reject it. Now, I hate to tell you today, if you reject it, it's an awful thing of hell waiting for you. But I'm thankful today Jesus Christ was willing to go to the cross whether we wanted him to or not. Whether we would accept it or reject it, he was willing to go. And some of you, maybe it took a long time in life to finally accept it. But aren't you glad and thankful Jesus Christ went to the cross whether you wanted him to or not for you? And we're thankful today that even though this little baby was rejected... This little baby would cause tribulation. The Bible says, Yea, a sword shall pierce to thine own soul also. Mary will suffer greatly as she watches her beautiful child, who's perfect, had to be the perfect child. Could you imagine, mom and dad, raising a child that never got in trouble? You never, ever had to tell them to go clean their room. You never had to tell them again and again to go clean their room. You never had to tell them to brush your teeth. You never had to tell him to stop picking on your brothers and sisters. You never had to tell him that he, 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 he was a great kid. Could you imagine watching him being pierced through with the sword, being mocked at and spat upon and thinking, he's done you no wrong. He's done nothing but good for you. And yet you're killing him. Why? Great tribulation, the Bible says in John 16, verse 33, And the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. I think of the church of the Thessalonica faced much tribulation in the founding of the early church. Why? Because people hated the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. We see not only through tribulation, but through revelation. The Bible says that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. You know, perhaps the most amazing thing is that this little child was going to cause every single heart to be revealed, whether they would accept Christ or reject Christ. Luke 6, verse 45, A good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is good. An evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is evil. For of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Either you will accept Christ or you will reject him. By the way, one's response to God or Christ reveals the true condition of the heart. And you put all that together, and what you have is a very costly gospel. So can you imagine this morning as Simeon, that old man, who just kept clinging to that promise? Can you imagine this morning why he was so excited, though he had lived a just life, a devout life, 
a patient life, though he had lived a life where the Holy Ghost moved in his heart, and he was submitted to it and he listened to it. Can you imagine why he was so excited when he got to see that, the Messiah? But could you imagine this morning being Mary and Joseph as they hear all these wonderful things that their child's going to do for not just them, but the whole world? Then can you imagine this morning as a weight, the brevity of those statements sunk in that Jesus Christ would be rejected, tribulation would come, revelation would be caused, division would come. Can you imagine this morning knowing that God had called you to raise this wonderful child for his glory? I don't know about you this morning, but I'm thankful for what Jesus Christ did for us years ago in a manger. He was willing to grow up and he was willing to die on the cross for your sin and mine. Aren't you thankful this morning for the gospel? Aren't you thankful this morning for the cross? Is godliness a treasure to you? Do you see the gospel for the beauty that it really is? Will you follow Christ even though it proves costly? And can you be godly through seasons where God makes you wait as Simeon did? My question to you this morning is simply this. Maybe you're here today and you feel like you're in darkness. Do you realize this morning that you can have light through Jesus Christ? Will you allow Jesus Christ to be willing? Who is already willing? But you, will you be willing to allow Jesus Christ to pay for your sin debt for you? Maybe that's you this morning. Do you realize today Jesus wants to do it for you? Every head bowed, every eye closed today. What about you? Maybe there's someone in the balcony. Maybe there's someone on the lower floor. I don't know. But I have a feeling today, maybe somebody here, you feel like you're in darkness. You didn't realize what Jesus... And you thought salvation was just for the good people like the Simeons. But you realize today Jesus Christ came for you as well. And your sin debt's what's keeping you from heaven and is sending you to a place called hell. And maybe you're sitting there today and you say, Wow, I don't want that. I want a relationship with Jesus Christ. With heads bowed and eyes closed, we won't embarrass anyone. But maybe someone would say this morning, Pastor Justin, will you pray for me? I truly want Jesus Christ to save me. If that's you, we slip up your hand today. Maybe you want a relationship with Jesus Christ. Anybody this morning? Say, Pastor Justin, that's me. I want a relationship with Jesus Christ. I want to know for sure I'm going to heaven. And anyone this morning? Say, Pastor Justin, I know for sure I'm going to heaven. I'll be honest with you. But quite frankly, I've kind of lost the treasure of godliness a little bit. I haven't been living my life to please the Lord as much as I should. And though I know it doesn't get me to heaven, I do know that it's a life that is a prized life like Simeon's. Will you pray for me today that God will help me to live a life that's pleasing to him? You pray for me. If that's you, we slip up your hand today. I want to pray for you. God bless you. God bless you. Maybe there's someone here today that would say, you know, I really do see the gospel for the beauty it really is. I really realize how costly it was. And I, I want you to pray for me, Pastor Justin, that I'm willing to serve the Lord even though it can prove costly at times. Will you pray for me? If that's you, we slip up your hand today. God bless you. Maybe there's someone today that would say, even in the seasons where God is making me wait and be patient, I still want to live for him and live a godly life. Will you pray for me, Pastor Justin, that 
and the seasons of waiting. But I'll just keep on doing right and pleasing God. That's you, a slip of your hand. I want to pray for you. Lord, you saw the hearts, you know the hands. Uh, you saw the hands, you know the hearts. Lord, maybe there's someone today that you just worked on their heart a little bit. I don't know what we can learn from Simeon. I'm thankful for the gospel. I'm thankful for what it's done in my life. Lord, maybe there's someone here that needs to put their faith and trust in you. I pray that they'll do that today. Maybe there's someone today that just needs to have that godly life to be more of a treasure to them. They'll want to please you with their life. Maybe there's someone here today who is going through that season of waiting, that trial, that difficulty. And it's hard to be patient. But you've touched their life today. I pray that they'll remain godly through that time of waiting and realize that you will come through for you in your perfect timing. I know it's not easy. I've gone through this, the valleys of waiting, and they're not fun. But it is so much better when we trust you than when we give up on you. May you help us to trust you. Maybe there's someone here today that's just overwhelmed. They're burdened. They're carrying something. They're going through a health issue. They're going through a financial issue. They're going through, Lord, a relationship struggle. I pray you help them, Lord, to give it to you. Lord, you'll just give them some wisdom and some strength. We sure do love you, Lord. Thank you so much for loving us. In Jesus' name, amen. If you could stand to your feet, the piano is going to play. Maybe the Lord has touched your heart today. We have what's called an invitation. It's simply an opportunity for you to take some time and reflect on the Word of God and how it was presented to you today. Maybe God's spoken to your heart and you'd like to come forward and have one of our pastors pray for you. Maybe you'd like to maybe make a decision in your heart or follow the Lord in baptism or maybe uh, join the church. Maybe you just have a burden that you'd like someone to pray with you about. Uh, Maybe God just touched your heart a little bit. Let me encourage you. Uh, Just take a moment there and pray this morning as God touches your heart today. God bless you. You may be seated. Uh, Helen Heidel and Alma Keller came today uh, to place their membership here. And all in favor say aye. Aye. All right. We're so glad to have you. God bless you both. And we're looking forward to serving the Lord together. Alma's just a young spring chicken. She's 104, right? 101. Okay. And let's welcome her to our church. What a blessing they are. 
And they're so faithful and they love the Lord. And they're just looking forward to serving the Lord together. And uh, so praise the Lord for that. I wanted to share that with you. Thank you for coming today. Uh, we have a video we want to share with you. Just some announcements coming up. And if this is your first time today, I hope you'll take advantage. We have a, a, a presentation for you, a little gift card at the end. And if you, you'll come by and see us in the Welcome Center, that'd be great. And uh, then we'll be dismissed after the video. joining us today. We hope this morning's sermon from Pastor Layman was a blessing to you. Join us tonight at five for a special sermon from our young adult pastor, Cameron Howell. Giving Tuesday is coming up on November 29th. Starting on this nationally recognized day, we'll be raising funds for the Family Center. A large donor has promised to match the first $70,000 that comes in between November 29th and the end of the year. So mark your calendars to be a part of this special giving opportunity for our gym. The church office is preparing the 2023 personal tithing envelopes for our members. Could you help us in staying up to date with your giving envelopes? If you would take just a minute to stop by the welcome desk and let us know if you would like to receive a set of 2023 personal tithing envelopes or if you have received them in the past and would like to opt out due to online giving. And if we do not get a chance to hear from you, we will mark you as your preference was for last year. Ladies, it's here, our most anticipated event of the year, the Ladies Ornament Exchange. It will be Monday, December 5th at 6 p.m. If you have never been a part of Ladies Ornament Exchange before, here's what to expect. We'll all come to the church foyer on Monday night, and we'll have food and fellowship. Once we've all arrived, we'll make the ornament exchange into a game where you'll be given a number and have the opportunity to open an ornament or steal an ornament that has already been even make their ornament and even more desirable by adding a service gift card, a bag of chocolate, or a candle. This year, we're also giving away a prize for the ugliest Christmas sweater. So, this December, bring an ornament to exchange, your favorite snack to share, wear your favorite ugly Christmas sweater, and join us for a great time of fun and fellowship. Don't forget to bring in your gifts from the Giving Tree. Our goal is to provide gifts for a special bus ministry Christmas party on Sunday, December 18th. Simply choose a label off our giving tree and buy an age-appropriate gift for around $10. Then attach the label to your wrapped gift and place it back under the giving tree or bring it by the church office by Wednesday, December 14th. Don't miss the musical Christmas program, Believe. Friday, December 9th at 7 p.m. and Sunday, December 11th at 11 a.m. This musical program features full orchestration as well as our adult, teen, and children's choirs. Join us for the special time of Christ-centered music for the whole family. Please note that our Sunday school time will be abbreviated to facilitate our musical presentation. There will be a shortened connection group period from 10 to 10.30 a.m. on this special day. If this is your first or second time here, we want to answer your questions and get to know you. Please fill out the Connect card in the pew in front of you and bring it to guest services as you exit the auditorium. We would love to meet you and you will receive a gift card. Have a great afternoon and we'll see you tonight at 5. Well, God bless you all. You are dismissed.